Here at Crosspoint, one of the things that we say each and every week is we are here to help people find and follow Jesus. We're just a few weeks into this new year, and one of the goals that we have for you this year is to make you a better follower of Jesus. You see, we're doing that because we believe that people who are better followers of Jesus are better at helping other people find Jesus and therefore follow Him as well. Every message that we have this year is going to be focused on helping people become better followers of Jesus. And the way that we're packaging those messages is by using a a word that ends in the letters I-N-G. Those words will be directed at attributes, at characteristics of people or things that we can do to help you better follow Jesus. So for example, the word talk becomes talking. The word walk becomes walking. When you add ing to the end of a word, it it changes the word from a thing to an action. And we want to have those actions that help us be better followers of Jesus. The goal is to be more like Jesus. That's our goal. But just because we say we have a goal in our life doesn't necessarily guarantee that we're going to accomplish that goal. It's not the statement that we have a goal that changes our lives. It's the systems that we put in place to accomplish those goals that help us to change our lives. So is there a system to being a better follower of Jesus? The answer is yes. We don't have to come up with it. And it's a good thing that we don't have to do that because if we did, we'd probably argue about what we should do and shouldn't do, what we should include and not include, and we would, really wouldn't get anywhere. Jesus knows that about us, which is why he gave us a system. He did. We've been talking about this system now for the last couple of weeks. You find it in the end of the book of Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 28. We've read it a couple of times already. Let's read it again. Starting with the 18th verse. Then Jesus came to them. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So you must go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. That's the system. That he set up. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. We talked about knowing. Last week we talked about growing. And this week we're talking about going. Jesus in verse 18 in that system, that commission that he gave us, says you must go and make disciples. I like what one version called the message. I like how they translate that 18th verse. Listen to this. It says go out and train everyone you meet far and near, in this way of life. Go out. Everyone you see, everyone you meet, train them to live like Jesus lived. That's what we're called to do. That's our primary purpose. Jesus set up a system that needed to be simple and it needed to be consistent. A system that could be transferred from person to person, from uh, place to place, from generation to generation, from century to century. And he did that. The first part of Jesus' system is going. We want to be going. He said, you must go. 
Now, if you've heard about this commission before, if you've uh, listened to messages or teaching about the Great Commission of Jesus, you know that uh, a lot of focus is paid on the word go. Uh, they, they, they focus on that. I, I, I don't want to necessarily distract from that just in the moment, but I want to take our focus off the word go, and I want to look at the word you. Jesus said, you must go. He's talking to us. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. You have to go. Here's the secret. You and I are the system. You and I are the moving part of this system that Jesus has established. In John 20, Jesus says this, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. That's the whole point. Jesus understands what he's asking you and me to do. He's done it. He came here. He came to you and to me. He came to show you and me what a relationship with God is really all about. And having understood what that relationship is really all about, you and I can then share what it's really all about to somebody else. Jesus doesn't ask us to do something He's already done. He doesn't ask us to talk to people that He doesn't already know. He doesn't ask us to use resources that He hasn't already given to you and me. There's one thing that Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't force you and me to go. He asks us to be obedient, but whether we're obedient or not in this is still up to us. What would compel us to do this? Why would we be so motivated to go and tell people about Jesus? It's the sudden awareness the realization of everything that God has done. Yeah, we learn about God. Yes, we learn about Jesus. We learn about the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus. But in the beginning, for many, it's just an abstract thought. It's, it's, it's a kind of an academic concept. It isn't necessarily applicable or even real until we fail. Until we stumble, until our world falls apart, until we say something or do something that we shouldn't have said or done, until uh, someone that we know or a friend of ours or one of our children or, or, or someone that's in our family does something that they shouldn't have done, shouldn't have said, and the consequences are devastating. That's when, because of our sin, no one wants to be around us. No one wants to share in our shame. Except Jesus. Jesus is still there. He's still with us. But he doesn't just share our shame. He takes it. He takes our consequences. He takes our shame. He takes our pain. He takes it all. And the reality of our rescue, the experience of Jesus taking all of that painful junk and replacing it with hope and life and vitality, it's too good to be true. But yet it happened to us. We know it happened to us, so we know it's true. And people who have seen the before Jesus and the after Jesus know it's true. And that's... When we get to go. 
That's when we can't be quiet anymore. That's when we can't be silent anymore. We have to tell people. Especially, the, it's so evident when we get to tell people that we can see that they remind us of who we were before Jesus. We know they need Him. That's when we can't be silent. That's when we have to go. And that's where the next obvious part of this system. If you and I are the moving part of the system, then people are the motive for this system. We must go to people. Jesus said, you must go and make disciples. Disciples is a big fancy Bible word for people who follow Jesus. It's just that simple. Paul, a disciple of Jesus, wrote to a man named Philemon, a disciple of his. And he said this, And I pray that as you share your faith with others, it will grip their lives too. The change that people see in you, the changes that they understand you've gone through, it'll grip them when you tell the story. It will because they're, they're wanting that. People are looking for that. That's why it takes hold of us. It took hold of me. It takes hold of you. And it'll take hold of them. But notwithstanding all of the irresistibility, if you will, of Jesus, there's still a resistance to talking about Jesus. There's an aversion to it. We avoid talking about God, talking about Jesus, talking about religious things. And I think I know why. I think the reason is twofold. We misunderstand And we are misunderstood. We misunderstand and think that this is all about us. It's all about what we know or don't know about God. How good we are or aren't before God. The things we think that matter to us, we assume matter to everyone else. So we really make it more about us, what we've learned. And that's understandable. But when that happens, that makes people misunderstand us. We we misunderstand and we are misunderstood. They misunderstand that this is just about knowledge. That this is just about what people know about God. This is just about how much Bible they know. It's only about going to church. When I know and you know, it's so much more about this. They, <clears throat> we misunderstand that the goal is only telling about what we know about Jesus rather than telling about who we've become because of Jesus. We're not trying to force people to change their lives. That's not what we're doing. What we're doing is introducing them to someone who will make them want to change. And there's a big difference between those two things. And that's why the system that Jesus commissioned is, doesn't work unless he's at the forefront, at the center of all of it. We need to go. We need to go to people And we need to go to people with Jesus. He said, I want you to teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. We talked about that last week. It it may take some time for you to understand all of those things, but you already know enough. And you can help someone that needs to know the Jesus that you know. 1 John chapter 1 says this, The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you. It's about your experience. 
It's about what happened to you. What was happening to you before you knew Jesus? What has happened to you since you've come to know Jesus? That's the thing that people want to hear about. They'll get the understanding later. Years ago, Inc. Magazine surveyed chief executives from over 650 of the fastest growing companies in the country at that time. They discovered that the leaders of these companies spent more than 25% of each week on sales and marketing. Now, I know that when we are telling other people about Jesus, it's not sales and marketing, but there are aspects of that that most assuredly cross over. And so if you'll indulge me with that comparison for just a little bit, it's not just about the time that we are spending in telling others about Jesus. It's the Jesus that we're telling them about. What is it that we're really telling them? Who is it that we're really talking about? What is it that you and I are offering them when we tell them about our experience and our life change with Jesus? Os Guinness, a well-known Christian author, said this, First and foremost, we are called to someone, not something or somewhere. In a blog post in 2009, author Kevin DeYoung talks about the misunderstandings that sometimes even we who are following Jesus have about Jesus. Who is the real Jesus? Jesus is more popular than anyone else. He's going to talk about that. I'm going to read this blog here in just a minute. But the Jesus that people think they know sometimes is not the Jesus that you and I are telling them about. He says, The greatness of God is most clearly displayed in His Son. And the glory of the gospel is only made evident in His Son. That's why Jesus' question to His disciples in Matthew 16 is so important. Who do you say that I am? The question is just as crucial in our day because no one is as popular in the U.S. as Jesus. And yet, not every Jesus is the real Jesus. There's the Republican Jesus, who's against tax increases and activist judges, and for family values and owning firearms. There's Democrat Jesus, who's against Wall Street and Walmart for reducing our carbon footprint and printing money. There's therapist Jesus who helps us cope with life's problems, heals our past, tells us how valuable we are and not to be so hard on ourselves. There's open-minded Jesus who loves everyone all the time, no matter what, except for people who aren't as open-minded as you and me. There's touchdown Jesus who helps athletes run faster and jump higher than Christians and determines the outcomes of Super Bowls. And personally, I'm hoping that touchdown Jesus is playing for the Buffalo Bills. Then there's martyr Jesus, a good man who died a cruel death so we can feel sorry for him. There's gentle Jesus, who is meek and mild with high cheekbones, flowing hair, and walks around barefoot and looks strangely German. There's hippie Jesus, who teaches everyone to give peace a chance, imagines a world without religion, and helps us remember that all you need is love. There's spirituality Jesus, who hates religion, churches, pastors, 
priests and doctrine and would rather have people out in nature finding the God within listening to ambiguously spiritual music. There's revolutionary Jesus who teaches us to rebel against the status quo, stick it to the man and blame things on the system. There's good example Jesus who shows you how to help people change the planet and become a better you. And then, finally, there's the Jesus that God sent. Not just another prophet, not just another rabbi, not just another wonder worker. He was the one they had been waiting for. The son of David and Abraham's chosen seed. The one to deliver us from captivity. The goal of every law that Moses ever wrote. Yahweh in the flesh. The one to establish God's reign and rule. The one to heal the sick. Give sight to the blind. Freedom to prisoners and proclaim God's good news to the poor. The Lamb of God who took away the sin of everyone, everywhere, for all time. This Jesus was the creator come to earth and the beginning of a new creation. He embodied the covenant, he fulfilled the commandments, and he reversed the curse. This Jesus is the Christ that God spoke of to the serpent. The Christ prefigured to Noah. The Christ promised to Abraham. The Christ guaranteed to Moses. The Christ promised to David. And the Christ revealed to Isaiah as a suffering servant. This Christ is not a reflection of the current mood or mindset of so many. He is our Lord and our God. He is the Father's Son. He is the Savior of the world. He is the one who is sacrificed for my sin and yours. He's more loving, more holy, and more wonderfully powerful than you and I can even begin to imagine. And when we begin to talk about him, you might think that you can't possibly recall all of that. You might think that you can't possibly know everything about Jesus and be responsible to share all of that, but you don't have to, you see, because you being a part of the system, all you have to do is say what Jesus has done for you, how Jesus rescued you, how Jesus has given you hope, how Jesus has changed your life. That's the point. You and I are the system. Your family and your friends are the motive. And Jesus is the message that will change the world. Are you ready to share your story with someone who could very well be dying to hear it? God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for knowing what we needed most. Thank you for giving what we needed most. Father, help us not to be afraid. Help us not to be intimidated. Father, we even might pray that you would make it easy for us, that you would help us to see people who need to know Jesus, to understand their pain, to know the things that they are going through as best as we possibly can. Give us the opportunity to speak Jesus into them. To help them to see the Jesus that we know. God, help us to not be anything different than the Jesus that they need to see. Help us not to be counterfeit in this world. Help us to know the real Jesus and to share the real Jesus. 
Because anything else is pointless. Anything, old, anything else cheats us from heaven's reward. So encourage us, God. Help us to help others find and follow Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.